another episode of the David Crit Projects podcast. Uh, my name's Elise De Beer, and what's really wonderful today, I'm based close to Stanford here in the Western Cape um, at Farm Two One Five, and today I'm going to be speaking to Martin Kraus, um, who is part of Trees for Tourism. And what's quite interesting about the Farm Two One Five is also where um, African Horse Company is also based. So it's quite a lovely little collaborative location. <laughs> Martin, welcome and thanks for chatting to us. Thank you. So let's start off and can you tell us what is Trees for Tourism? Um, Trees for Tourism is a program of the South African Reforestation Trust, which is a not-for-profit organization. And this program was um, selected in 2012 to focus on the tourism industry um, because the tourism industry is very well aware of uh, the importance of how an environment works and the beauty of South Africa and why a lot of tourists come here is obviously its space, its magnificent and pristine uh, nature. Um, so it's definitely not a restriction but it's a focus and we have had yeah, a lot of buy-in of guest houses, hotels, tour operators uh, that have embraced this project to plant trees in areas that have to be rehabilitated and where um, we want to kick back nature into integrity, mm. um, and and forests have have been lost in the Western Cape, especially mm. in the past. And the results are already very, very inspiring. Yeah, and I think it's really incredible that it's the tourism industry which has played such a critical mm. part in South Africa and the Western Cape in particular. How they're seeing the necessity for that rehabilitation and that these programs are being put in place. And what is your role in Trees for Tourism? Trees for Tourism, the South African Reforestation Trust, is, uh, is, 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 is a collaborative effort. Um, everybody can team up, uh, but I'm more or less, what you can say, the, the, the management role. Um, it's all based on, on, on a program that takes care of everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the guy who sort of maintains the, the principles, uh, tries to convince other people um, to team up and to chip in and explain how it works. To make sure that the ship runs smoothly. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you wish. Like yeah. that. Yes. Um, I mean, we all know that rehabilitating the environment um, in reforestation is such an important thing for us to mm. be doing. But why do you see it as such an important project to be a part of? Everybody now knows in the Western Cape we have a situation of drought. I'm not saying that if we sort of take all the alien invasive trees out and we, we plant indigenous trees, that we do not have to be careful about our water use. Um, there's obviously an enormous amount of people uh, that, that want water and there is only so much you can do from recreating natural services. Um, we shouldn't forget that. This is not only about nature, this is natural services for the economy. Forests create water, uh, they create oxygen, they store carbon and they create topsoil. These four things are at the beginning of any value-added chain uh, in the economy. So it actually, it's something just as simple as replanting trees helps the entire economy as a whole. It actually is, mm -hmm. yes. Um, it's specific, uh, you know, you make South Africa more attractive mm -hmm. because you will have these forests in, let's say, 10, 20 years from now. Um, but it's also the story. Especially in tourism, people like this story. And we have an amazing, um, an, an, an essential 
problem with alien invasive trees mm -hmm. that mess up our pristine, pristine vegetation that have a very negative effect on water mm -hmm. and, and we're countering that. And so with the reforestation, are you also removing the alien trees in these locations? A reforestation of the South African Reforestation Trust is a follow-up project of mostly public work programs where aliens have been removed out of the riparian areas. Mm -hmm. And in effect, we the Forest Trust Trees for Tourism is only reforesting in areas that have been messed up yes. and then cleared from aliens. Mm -hmm. We're not competing with any pristine nature. Yeah. I know spots that used to be indigenous forest mm -hmm. and are now pristine, pristine fangles. Mm -hmm. We're not going to touch that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to make a difference and then say, let nature do its mm -hmm. own thing. We only intervene to kickstart kick yeah. it back into integrity. Mm, no, that's wonderful. So, like we said, it's like these these locations within the Western Cape, mostly in the Western Cape, are the locations for the reforestation. Yes. Can you name a few of those locations for us? Yes. One is at Grootvadersbos, mm -hmm. uh, which is the Grootvadersbos Conservancy, a beautiful area close to Swellendam and, and, and Heidelberg, where reforestation is done in an old wattle plantation that used to be a forest before, mm -hmm. and it's done next to an existing indigenous forest. And this conservancy borders uh, the Grootvadersbos Cape Nature Reserve with uh, a beautiful remnant of, mm. of indigenous forest. Oh, that's beautiful. I think it's. I think that's what I really like is that you're not trying. For example, now there's now a famous forest in place mm. where, like, originally a forest was of trees, and it's you're not trying to just replace what used to be there, but rather working with the environment as it already is and just trying to replenish it and give it, like you said, that kickstart. Yes, otherwise it will be farming. Yeah. And we're not trying to do that. No. <laughs> and what type of trees are being planted? All indigenous. In, in, in essence, we, we, we try to collect in, in the forest site, like Grootvaders Bos I, I mentioned, they have different species. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. Some species are overlapping, but they have different species than on another reforestation site along the Klein River. Uh, next to, to Stanford, which is tree there, is the Breda River Yellowwood, mm -hmm. uh, which is the only yellowwood that only occurs in South Africa and is getting scarce in its original habitat. And the idea is that we harvest seeds locally from locally occurring indigenous trees. Mm -hmm. We're not strict Puritans, uh, where you need to bring in more biodiversity and you cannot harvest enough seeds then mm -hmm. it can obviously come from, from the next valley. Yeah. I mean, birds fly from valley to valley yeah, as well. Exactly. And I think that's what I also find interesting is that you're, you're also planting trees that in essence are slowly, like the yellow wood is dying out naturally mm. within the ecosystem. So not only are you just creating a forest, but you're creating an environment for these trees to repopulate and to actually yes. grow again. And don't forget, I mean, a forest is not a collection, not just a collection of trees. Yeah. It's a very intricate, <laughs> uh, more or less, society of all kinds mm. of, of, of floral and, and, and fauna species. Mm. Part of which we, we simply don't know. Yeah. Um, so bringing back uh, certain of these trees in, in a critical quantity will have an effect mm. um, on fauna and flora. Not only on, on water retention of the soil, of maintaining stream banks, of preventing erosion, all these kind of things, um, but also on bringing back integrity to the land from a, a wider natural perspective, mm. not only the trees, but all the hojas that come with it. Yeah. I mean, of all the camera trap pictures we have of leopards, most of them have been taken in forest remnants and even in replanted uh, forest, in our forest mm. sites. Uh, they 
they depend on those batches. Yeah. And and you've mentioned to me also like with the reforestation that you're also creating almost these corridors. Yes. Um can you explain to me what exactly that is? Um to give you to give you an example, <clears throat> that's probably the easiest, is that on farm two one five where our reforestation site is, is located, is part of a of, of, of a corridor that is an initiative by Fauna and Flora International, which is the oldest conservation body in the world. And there is a servitude on in the reserve of Farm 215 as an extra layer of protection in favor of Fauna and Flora International. And this should be the jumping board um, from the highest peak in the valley, which is on Farm 215, mm. uh, towards the coastline along the riparian areas and to, to, to Cape Agulhas. Mm. So to follow the streams and, and the wetlands uh, down in order to create corridors of sanity where you can have movement of animals, you can have movement mm. of, of seeds, and parts of these areas in which there will be a corridor are so debilitated that they can only be uh, kind of be resurrected by reforestation. Mm. A lot of them would have been what is now very rare fangles, Elam astraceous fangles, for example. Um, but you cannot recreate that. Yeah. That is that is too difficult, too expensive. Um, and so Trees for Tourism, South African Reforestation Trust, is tackling those patches in those corridors that can be reforested and can hold forest surrounded by what is agricultural land. Mm. But then at least we ha we can cross long distances yeah. from point A to point B in a natural manner. Mm. So it's a way for both the fauna and the flora to actually move across yes. certain yes. locations. Yes. And we can just see that, I mean, um, you were telling us that you have about 10 Cape leopards here on 215. On 215, I'd like to discuss that more in the wider cooperation of the Walker Bay Fambles mm -hmm. Conservancy, uh, which is about 50,000 hectares along the Walker Bay and into the mountains, and Farm 215 is part of it. And this leopard project is is is, is done in the whole of the conservancy. Mm -hmm. And there indeed um, we have identified 11 different oh, wow. uh, leopards, which for that area is actually a new insight in mm -hmm. how our leopards behave. The, the Walker Bay Families Conservancy and Grootbos Foundation, we have a zoologist, Mike Fabricius, and he is he's studying them, and he was actually blown out of his mind by mm -hmm what he saw by this, by now 50 different camera traps yeah. we have all over the conservancy. And it's in a perfect example to showing why those corridors are so important, you know, because yeah. here you have this actually abundance in a sense mm. of this fauna and flora, and then to create these pathways for them to expand, I think it's a, a great initiative. Yes, it's not only expanding, I mean, we know especially of leopards that they don't want to cross mm. uh, land with, with limited cover. So they are locked up for that reason. Yeah. It's almost a psychological angst, like, oh, no, I'm not going out here. Mm -hmm. And at a certain moment, uh, when you do well, like in the Walker Bay Conservancy, you get a surplus of leopards. Where mm -hmm. are they going? And at least allow them to mate with the population in, yeah. let's say, the hoop mm -hmm. and, 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 and take care that they can cross. Yeah. And so say that we have our listeners, our individuals or their mm. organizations who would like to purchase a tree for, for these locations, how would they go about that process? Uh, different things they can do. They can obviously go into... So, yeah, one of the things is obviously to go into David Krupp, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Cape Town, in the Monte Montebello design sector. Um, you guys have already embraced... You have a business, but you have embraced 
a bigger sense of responsibility for the whole of the country, and this is part and parcel of what you're doing. Um, you're not only uh, selling the trees, but you also support the Creative Skills Factory, which um, wants to uplift uh, children in disadvantaged communities. Mm -hmm. So that is, a, that is a double whammy. And they can always go to our website, uh, www.saforesttrust.com, and, and, and buy online. But that is a bit anonymous. I always like it when this kind of dialogue starts mm -hmm. in places like David Crook Projects. Mm -hmm. And, and see why you're doing it, also because you have been so interested, you have been here, you have seen the forest, yeah. and you have become experts, and that mm. is what the Trust tries to do, is to be a collaborative effort. Everybody can tap in too. So if there are businesses out there that want to follow your example, um, we make you a partner, we give you a login, it's all very easy. Yeah. And I think that's great because you've made it so user-friendly. Mm. It's not where <coughs> you have to go through this whole schlep to purchase a tree no. that's actually going to have such a great impact where as an individual you can either approach the partnering you can go into the website yourself yeah. and purchase and and you can sell you can become a partner a yourself and that allows you to put so much initiative into it mm. i mean we've just realized that it's so important because it helps not only the area that it's in but the entire it helps the people, it helps the animals, you know. It has an in incredible trickling effect. Yeah. Um, so I would still suggest everyone <laughs> needs to go buy a tree after they listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, but just so listeners know, how much does a tree cost on average? Um, a tree costs 120 rounds. Mm -hmm. um, you sell the tree for a bit more because yes. you're also supporting, uh, yeah. but you're very transparent about that, mm, no, exactly. uh, supporting the Creative Skills Factory. Um, so it depends on the choices our partners have made. But for the tree, the Reforestation Trust wants 120 rounds. Mm, exactly. So just so our listeners know, so if you come to us at Devaker Projects to come and purchase a tree, the 120 rand goes to, to the tree and to the organization. Um, and then the remaining money of the 150 goes to the Creative Skills Factory. So there that money goes to the education programs that Creative Skills is running and it really there you're helping not only the environment but you're helping these children get a really valuable education yeah and say for example people these organizations mm. want to become partners yes. for example skills factory run by regina Brahman. Yes. why would you say that it's important for organizations to become involved and how would it benefit them specific in general specific creative skills factory is doing extremely well she is uh, regina brunner is a professional and she really makes a change, and you mm -hmm. can see that. So that's why I personally want to embrace that. There are uh, local, I mean, Stanford is not very far from Farm 215, and she comes out with the children, and during the planting period, we are uh, planting trees mm -hmm. with those kids, and we explain them about nature, and you actually see them grow, you see them getting more confidence. Obviously, if you want to bring back some sense of sanity into the natural spectrum, it's perfect to have kids and nature embracing each other, um, starting with some of the adults that still think that the Brugham is the national tree of South Africa is not where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and secondly, I think we live in South Africa. It's a very dynamic and beautiful country, but with quite a bit of challenges. And the nicing of a tree is a sexy thing. And I've seen that it is a tool. You know, if people buy a tree, they get a certificate. They can sort of automatically have that certificate emailed to... Uh, a friend who has a birthday or or whatever and if on top of that you, you you glue a donation 
to another cause that is is people orientated, um, you actually tackle two of the issues this country is is dealing with. Um, we have to make a fairer society, and and we have to take bloody care of a very fragile uh, uh, nature. Yeah. And, and and we and we do that together. And I think if you have an affluent, uh, if you take care of your people, then the people will take care of nature as well. Mm. Exactly. And I mean, <coughs> it's what you're also doing, I feel, is through the organization, you're educating people on the importance of that. Mm. I mean, we can see that firsthand kind of what Regina's doing with the skills yes. factory is that they're teaching the children the importance of planting a tree. I mean, it was so wonderful. Even yesterday, we were busy planting fruits and vegetables mm. at the Bruns School, yes, yeah, you know, with the kids, yes. and they, they love it. Yes. Here we are starting to teach children, but I think we're still trying to teach adults the importance of mm. these trees and the forest. I'll leave the adults to you. Let yeah. me just take the kids <laughs> into the, the kloof and, and plant the trees there. <laughs> Sounds great. That's a deal. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, my last question for you really is, how do you see this in 10 years? What has been kind of the goal that you're working towards? Um, this is a stepping stone. You know, if, 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 if you look at the, the massive destruction of forest and nature all over the world, this, this isn't much. But we are creating a system and we are getting more and more buy-in of, of, of people. And I, look, I, I want to plant a million trees before I'm dead. Not personally, but sort of I want to see that. Uh, I'm 55. I plan to become like 85. I think that's old enough. So there you go. <laughs> but that's that's a personal. It's, it, that's 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 a personal thing. Uh, we have to take responsibility as a society of uh, the health, the land. It's not nature. This is the land. As I said, forests create topsoil, store carbon dioxide, give us our oxygen, and they make water. And I want this project to contribute very strongly to the realization that we have. An economic, an economical value-added chain that all starts with the land. Whatever we have and use starts there. And forest, it's a global imperative, but we are here in South Africa and we can only do our thing here. Forests contribute and are actually at the source of those four things. A lot of people don't realize that, but mm -hmm. a lot of things, the whole natural cycle starts with forest. I think that's wonderful. And I think, like we, we did briefly mention it, is that it starts with the forests, mm. you know, it starts there, brings in the fauna, brings in the flora, helps with water, yes. helps bring up the economy, and helps people in the long run. Well, and those people can have beautiful and long hikes and yes. long and allocated <laughs> meandering corridors of pristine indigenous mm. forest. No, so it really is something that benefits everyone. Excellent. So once again, I will um, urge everyone after you're listening to this podcast, and um, we'll put a link in the description below to um, Tourism for Africa's website, um, to our website where you can go and purchase a tree. So please do. And Martin, thank you so much for talking to us and please talking do. to the listeners. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure we're going to have a lovely day further in the lovely sun here at Farm 215. <laughs> yes, well, you, you said you didn't want to leave. No, so. <laughs> we never do. Thanks a lot. Thanks.